0: Hi everyone, this is Amitabh. Welcome to Man Walks Into a Rabbit Hole. Uh, today's chat is a little interesting, right? Uh, so, I actually had a deep one or two hour chat which was not obviously recorded. I'm I was not sure whether he, the person I was talking to was comfortable recording it uh but this chat was all over the place uh, we spoke about all kinds of things uh most of it associated with meaning and purpose and one of the things which uh, which struck me as uh, strange but from my perspective strange not from uh, overall perspective which means from the way my point of view it was a very strange point where i got stuck so we were talking about uh, 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 we were talking about how action is probably more important uh, than uh, than intellectualization, right? And we'll revisit this at some point. This is a whole debate in itself. But in the middle of this conversation, at some point, uh, my friend said that. Uh, uh, He believes that, uh, he genuinely believes, so this is not him posturing in a chat, but he genuinely believes there is nothing like good or bad, right? And uh, I have for a long time, and I still continue to maintain that even today, but I've maintained this for at least the last 25 years, that when when you reduce a conversation and say there is nothing like good and bad, or you reduce a context and you say there is nothing like good and bad, there is a challenge, right? There is a fundamental challenge, according to me. And the fundamental challenge is that uh, how do you motivate or pivot your next action? So, let me explain, right? So, a lot of people take the stand that there is nothing good or bad in this world. And my point is, then how do you decide your next course of action, which is exactly the same question I asked in a slightly different way earlier. Like, how do you pivot your next step? What is the next course of action? So, for example, if today we are sitting and there are, let's say, five people in my house. If there is nothing good or bad, I could choose not to feed them. So, let's say I am the host, they are in my house. I could choose not to feed them. I could choose to lock them in a room. I could choose to shut the internet, lock them in a room. I could choose to shut the internet, lock them in a room, close off the electricity. And I hope you see where I'm going, right? Each of this has a different set of outcomes and a different set of uh, circumstances for the people associated with uh, in that room so those four or five people in the room so how do how do we decide right so my common sense answer is the best way to decide is always to say that if the peace and happiness in this universe broadly increases it is usually the right direction right now the naysayer or the theoretical argumentative uh, person is going to say, look, but there is the butterfly effect, right? So, if I decide that feeding this four people uh, a proper meal is the best thing to do because that makes them happier, makes them peaceful and generally in, in all senses moves the world in the right direction. Now, the argumentative person, and I don't mean this in a bad way, right? I don't mean this in a judgmental way. I mean this in a philosophical way. So somebody who's looking at every aspect of this philosophically is going to say, how can you be very sure that feeding four people is increasing the happiness in the world? It's very much possible that the farmer who got you the vegetables or the grocer who sold you the vegetables or the chicken who laid your egg, which you ate as part, all of this as part of your meal, how do you know that they didn't have to go through pain to deliver the food to your table? And because now you're going to use those raw materials to create a meal for four or five people, in effect, it's very hard to say whether the happiness or the peace in the world has increased. My answer, right, the way I have rationalized this for myself, and this is a very tricky conversation, right? The way I have rationalized this for myself is, look, the vegetables are cut, the grocer has sold, the eggs are here, which means these are all in the past, which means they are all either in the present or the past. From here, from what I see, so I have vegetables in my refrigerator, I have egg in my refrigerator, I have, let's say, uh, loaf of bread in my refrigerator. Based on this, what can I do for the four people in my house so that it makes them peace and happy? All I can do is, in my limited context, keep increasing the peace and happiness. Now, the belief is uh, think of this as a hugely distributed system, right? So, all of us are distributed agents, distributed uh, people with agency if each of us at any given point constantly tries to prioritize peace and happiness and moves this ahead, I have a feeling and at every given point, right? So, at every decision point, if you're constantly prioritizing peace and happiness for the collective, for the collective as in for your context collective. So, you're sitting in a room with five people, you're sitting in a building with 300 people, whatever is your context. If you can prioritize this, my general belief, and maybe it's a naive belief, but my general belief is the world will get to a better place. So, that's how I decide. Now, peace and happiness seems fairly arbitrary. So, what I usually reduce this conversation to is, you broadly know that Peace and happiness are a proxy for what good might look like, right? What, what good in a particular circumstance can look like. In some other circumstance, it can mean silence, right? So, let's say you are in a meditation retreat. You're not really looking for peace and happiness, but what you're looking for is silence. You're looking for calmness. So, going back to the original thread from where I started, right? So, I'm having this chat with a friend and he... We are having this intense chat, and I have many topics to cover from that chat, which all of so it was a it was a it was a rewarding chat personally for me but i I still got stuck in those chats at some point right and so one of the things which I got stuck, which is where I started this chat, is he said there is nothing inherently good and bad, which in my view is a very reductionist view of life it's a very it's a mean sorry that's that's my bias I was about to say it's a meaningless statement but what it really does is it doesn't give you any framework to decide like you could choose anything at that point if everything is neither good or bad you could choose anything and the world will continue which is not a good outcome right so it almost rationalizes that it's okay for Hitler to have done what he did, it's okay for the world to burn, it's okay for me to drive my car over six stray dogs. All of it in my head inherently doesn't feel correct, right? There is something, there is a moral compass no matter how flawed and how irrational and how personal uh, which tells me that this probably doesn't sound right. It's not going to leave in the world in a better place than where we started two minutes ago. So, my question to my friend, and now I'm coming to probably summarizing where this chat is going, was Does he understand? So, when he said there's nothing like inherently good and bad, I told him, Look, if you don't know what good looks like, or if you don't have a strong definition of good looks like, how do you operate? And he said, Look, I don't operate. I just know that this is what I have to do. Like, each person has a role, and I play that role. And I said, look, but that role is decided, hopefully on the basis of what is good and bad. So for example, my role is cooking food for the four people at home. The reason probably it is chosen for me and not for some others of those four people in my room is because I'm the host, I know my house, I know how my uh, cooking range works, and I probably know how to cook. So, I'm going to cook for these four or five people. So, it's it's hard for me to rationalize saying, look, my role is cooking and hence I'm cooking. That doesn't sound right, right? Somehow, we arrived at the decision that it's my responsibility or desire or action to cook. And based on that, we move ahead. The other thing I was asking my friend, and which again I got stuck upon, is if you don't have a strong definition of good, like this is obviously a repetitive statement, but if you don't have a strong definition of good, then how do you wake up tomorrow morning and motivate yourself to try and do something different or remarkable at work, right? Or in your personal life. And I think in both of these... uh, We went around in circles, right? We went around in circles. I didn't get a great answer. I didn't get a great answer. And this is not to blame him. In fact, as I said, I give him a lot of credit. It was one of the most fascinating chats I've had in a long time. But to me, uh, I actually found a logical inconsistency in the whole conversation, right? Because I was struggling immensely with the idea that how do you decide the next course of action for you at any given point if you don't know what good looks like. So you have to constantly have an updated version, not constantly, but as many times as you have to decide. So if you have to decide once a quarter, you need, let's say you want to decide once a quarter in terms of whether the job I'm doing is the right job you need to be able to have a viewpoint which is refreshed just prior to this decision making once a quarter, which tells you that my definition of good is x, my current job is y, the differential between x and y is let's say less than 10%, so all is good. On the other hand, if the differential between x and y is let's say 50%, which means my current job is less than 50% matching to my ideal job or what my good job looks like i have to think of course corrections which could be as extreme as me shifting my job which could also be as simple as me trying to improve on whatever things are broken uh that's really it i'll try and post a series of these uh, strange rabbit holes i encountered in that 2 3 hour chat in fact i'll try and invite him to try and join one of those long form chats that we do Uh, I really found it fascinating. I found it to be one of the most enriching chats I've had in some time. Because uh, uh, we were engaged. We were engaged, we were debating, and we were genuinely trying to show each other a better way to be. Which, honestly, is what good was at that point. Unfortunately, he didn't see it as good. He saw it as neither good nor bad. And I clearly saw it as good uh on that note uh it's a wrap uh, if you're listening on apple or spotify do like us do rate us uh, it's very important uh, just so that it, we get the right audience and the right visibility and uh keep writing into us it's at gmail.com and uh overall uh have a Good week ahead and it's a wrap wishing you all of wishing all of you a lot of joy thank you